Uh, for some of us, um, we don't want to do a lot of things, and some of us are not going to want to go to work tomorrow. Actually, fun fact, tomorrow is the most called-in sick day of the entire year. So there's a lot of things. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be harder for those of you who stay up and watch the whole uh, Super Bowl game. Um, but I'm excited to be with you for the second week of the series, I Don't Wanna. This series is all about taking responsibility and navigating the responsibilities that you have in your life. And so last week, we set the stage for all of the things that we don't want to do, and we kind of defined responsibility. And I shared with you some of the things that I don't want to do. We have a list of a couple of these. Sometimes we don't want to give money to help others. Sometimes we don't want to show up on on Sunday morning, give yourselves a round of applause or pat on the back. You did that this morning. Some of us don't want to pay bills. Some of us don't want to forgive. And all of us make long lists of all of the things that we don't want to do. For me right now, the biggest thing weighing on my shoulders is I don't want to do my taxes. Anyone else hate doing their taxes? It is so hard. If any of you know how to file taxes, uh, I would love to learn how instead of paying someone else to do it. It's so complicated. And that's one of the things I don't want to do right now. Um, but as I was preparing for this week, um, I started to get concerned with my list of all of the things that I don't want to do and see, um, was like kind of thinking maybe I have some issues with, um, you know, this long list of all these things that I don't want to do, make my bed, make meals, there's some days that I don't want to get my reports to my boss done. So I took an assessment this week, I kind of went on this rabbit trail and took an assessment and it was all about, I guess, willpower is also muscle power or something. Well, at the end of the assessment, it says that I need mental resistance training. So um, I guess I'm going to have to get some professional help uh, when it comes to all of the many responsibilities that I'm juggling. And I must have a very weak uh, um, muscle power of willpower, something I'm going to have to exercise a little bit more. But this series is really all about kind of taking an account for the responsibilities, not only that I have, but really reflecting on the responsibilities that each of you have in your lives and the weight of those responsibilities, but also the opportunity that you get to own those responsibilities. So last week, to give you a quick recap, uh, we defined the word responsibility, and that is taking ownership for your life and its impact on others, and I love the word ownership because with responsibility, you get to have full ownership and accountability with all of the things that you have on your plate and all of the roles that you take on and really all the things that you say yes to. You have a responsibility and you get to own those. You get to take pride in doing a job well done. Some of us have responsibilities in relationships. Some of us have responsibilities um, to our kids, our spouses. We have financial responsibilities. We have basic life survival responsibilities, providing shelter, um, providing transportation. Some of us take on additional responsibilities of serving on committees, serving on boards. Some of us, when we say yes to taking on new um, uh, like things that we acquire, like boats or houses or an apartment, we're taking on responsibility. Every time we are saying yes to something, we take on a responsibility. And we have to own the fact that when we take on that ownership role, that it has an impact on our life and has an impact on others. But on the flip side, when we choose to neglect our responsibility, we become irresponsible. 
and we neglect to take ownership. And we've all experienced that maybe more so sometimes with others than it, looking at ourselves and saying, what have I neglected? But the opposite of responsibility is irresponsibility. And in irresponsibility last week, we talked about how that um, can create conflict when someone drops the ball, when someone doesn't step up, step up to the plate and say, yep, I'm gonna own this. I, I said I was gonna commit to this. I'm gonna see the project through. Or I stepped up and I committed to this relationship or I committed to being there for my kids. And when I don't take ownership on that, it has an impact on other people's lives. We talked about how that's also contagious. Um, sometimes when we're around other people that are irresponsible or uh, we have kids that are around people that are irresponsible, irresponsible, it can become contagious. If they don't do it, then why do I have to do it? If they filed late on their taxes, ah, I can file late on my taxes. If my coworker doesn't get that part of the project done, ah, maybe I don't have to get my part of the project done. And it can be very contagious. But irresponsibility always becomes someone else's responsibility. And sometimes we overlook that because we say, you know what, ah, I don't wanna do that today. Ah, I don't need to be there for my kids today. Ah, I don't have to pay that bill right now. But it always becomes someone else's responsibility in some way, somehow, somewhere. From simple things of not doing the dishes. The dishes aren't gonna get done themselves. It's going to have to eventually be someone else's responsibility to very complex things. If you are irresponsible in your relationship with your spouse, a lot of times that can be reflected through your kids. They take on that responsibility, whether they know it or not, and it affects them as they get older. In work, if you're working on a team project and you forget to do task A, but that affects task B, someone's gonna have to pick that up because task B can't get started until task A is done, it always becomes someone else's responsibility if you drop the ball. And last week, I left you with two questions, and hopefully, if you were watching online, you did your homework, or if you weren't here, now you have catch-up homework. I left you with two assignments. I asked you to take an account of everything that you're responsible for, um, to step back and say, what are all the things I have said yes to? What are all the things that I have on my plate? and create that list and then go through that list and maybe highlight some of the areas where you felt um, in the last year, in the last week or month that someone else was taking on that responsibility because of your irresponsibility. And some of you provided some really great feedback uh, this week and there was uh, a couple great conversations I was able to have of people really just reflecting on, hey, maybe I wasn't taking full responsibility. I feel like maybe I was kind of having it in some areas of my life. Maybe I hadn't invested the time that I needed to into my relationship with my spouse. And they've been carrying that weight of my irresponsibility. Maybe I haven't been there as often as I should have been for my kids. And they were having to pick up some of the slack for me not being there. And that's something that we have to take into account is when we drop the ball, even if we have it or only we do 75%, is who's taking that responsibility? 
So today we're going to build on last week, and we're going to pick up from where we left off. Um, and I'm going to talk about a key principle, and it's a principle that um, actually Paul shared with us. But to give us um, kind of a framework to set up for this principle, um, I need to give you a couple examples of some other principles. Because principles apply to all of us in all situations. All throughout life, there's a lot of principles. Maybe some of you, your parents hounded different principles into you growing up. Um, but principles are around us, and they affect us whether we like it or not. They're just there. So for example, we have um, a picture of a cruise ship. Uh, what is the best part about a cruise? What do you guys love about cruises? Maybe some of you even answered your question that your dream vacation was going on a cruise. What's some great things? You can talk back to me. It's okay this morning. Food. Food is so awesome with cruises. No laundry. I love that. Uh, anything else that is so great about a cruise? No responsibilities. I love that. Unless you bring your kids and you have to keep watching your kids. <laughs> But the best thing I think about a cruise, yeah, you don't have cell service, you get all-you-can-eat food, a lot of times there's a swimming pool on there. The best thing about a cruise is that it stays afloat. That is the best thing, right? Is that it doesn't sink. And the reason it floats is because of Archimedes' principle. Archimedes came up with a buoyancy principle. And that's why a little like five ounce pebble will sink, but a 30,000 ton cruise ship will float. Uh, maybe some of you learned about this in high school or did those science experience um, where you threw a bowling ball into the water and like a 10 pound bowling ball would float, but if it was like 13 or 14, it would sink. Um, and that's the principle of Archimedes, is buoyancy. And all throughout life, we have these principles that surround us. And so we're going to uh, talk about a principle that Paul, in the book of Galatians, is sharing with us today. And it kind of comes back to this idea of ownership with our responsibilities. So if you brought your Bibles with you today, we're going to be in the book of Galatians. You can pull up your Bible app, um, or you can open up your Bible if you have, or you can follow along. I'm going to have the scripture on the screen this morning as well. And the principle that Paul gave us when he was writing these letters to the people in Galatia, these churches, maybe some smaller, newer churches, even like this church today, when he was writing these letters, he said this to them. He said, a man reaps what he sows. And I love that because we grow up in Iowa, so we know this agricultural connection, right? If you plant uh, beans in the ground, what are you going to grow? Beans, you're right. If you plant corn in the ground, what are you going to grow? Corn, you're right. Whatever a person plants in his own thinking, in his own behavior, whatever you say or you do to those around you, you're going to reap what you sow. So in every action, every word, you're planting a seed. And you have to ask yourself, what are the seeds that I am planting? What am I hoping to reap by my actions of responsibility or irresponsibility? In my relationships, am I sowing things into my relationships that bring life, that bring unity? In my family structure, in my kids' lives, am I sowing into them the values that I want them to carry on into their adult life? In my finances, am I sowing debt and delaying of bills, getting more credit cards, 
Or am I sowing in fiscal responsibility? Maybe for some of you at work, are you sowing in a good work ethic? Are you showing up? Are you finishing those pieces of the project that you were supposed to finish? Are you meeting those clients' needs? Maybe for some of you who are in school, are you showing up and studying? Are you doing your homework? Because what you're sowing is what you're going to reap. And I know for some of you, it's like, ah, oh, I can delay that action. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. I know I maybe slipped up here. or It's okay if I have it over here. I know I have this responsibility, but uh, someone else can pick up the slack. Well, what happens when you're sowing that type of mentality into each of those areas of your life? For each of us, we have to sit back and look at what we want the end result to be. As a church, we even have to do this. We have a strategic team that meets, and we have to say, hey, what is it that we want to reap through starting this church, through growing this church, through discipling believers, for reaching the unlost? What is it that we're going to have to sow into that, to reap that type of benefit, or the type of response we're wanting to see in people's lives, and the transformation that we want to see God do? That's why we do things like gather canned goods to give away to the hungry. That's why for the whole month of November, we do Be Rich and we raise a whole bunch of money and we give it away to places like Haiti, to an orphanage. That's why we create small groups because we know that discipleship just can't happen on a Sunday morning, but it, it happens through a deeper rooted relationship and connection week in and week out. So even as a church, we have to look at what, what are we sowing because of what we want to, to reap or we hope that, that God will be able to reap through what we are sowing. So what are you sowing into each of your areas of responsibility in your life? Are you sowing into the things that you're hoping to reap? For some of us, when we reap what we haven't sown, it costs someone else. We try to take credit for someone else. We try to take um, ownership in an area that maybe we didn't work that hard to deserve that ownership. And we, we tried to get a result when we actually didn't put in the work day in and day out. Maybe committed to something and you said, yep, I'll serve on that committee, I'll serve on that board, yep, I'll serve on Sunday mornings and greet people as they come in, but you didn't show up. You didn't finish that responsibility. It's gonna cost someone else. Some of you might try to take shortcuts or you try to explain your way or excuse your way out of why you're trying to take credit for something or why uh, I really didn't have to take responsibility for that. And it costs someone. It costs your relationship, costs your friendship, costs your internal peace with yourself when you try to think that you can reap where you haven't put in the effort, where you haven't sown those seeds. Paul says in the next uh, verse, it says, then you can take pride in themselves alone without comparing 
themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. See, if you sow responsibility, you get to take pride in that. And guess what? When you sow in responsibility, you get to own that as yours, and you don't have to compare yourself to others. You get to run your own race. You get to carry your own load and your own weight. You don't have to sit there and compare and say, well, you know what? They didn't carry as much weight as I did, or, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, I had more responsibility. They don't understand that I, you know, had four kids, and I am married, and I'm on this board and this committee, or I'm also taking classes. No. Take pride in your race and what you have sown. Don't compare yourself to others. Be accountable. Don't be prideful, but take pride in what you have sown. In the next verse, kind of, Paul makes a side note here in um, verse 6. He says, Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. And here he's saying, if someone helps you in your journey, or if you were accountable to someone, support them. Support the people that were supporting you. Thank them. Go back. Share with them the journey of what you have reaped because of the, the work that you've put into sowing. In the next verse, he says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. We talked about this last week, but uh, we covered the story of Adam and Eve and their irresponsibility when they ate from the tree that they were not supposed to eat from. And they thought that they could run from God. They thought that they could hide. Then Adam thought he could blame the woman and say, the woman, it was her. You can maybe hide from your mama or your dada, but you can't hide from God in your irresponsibility. He knows your heart. He knows the decisions that you are making and the heart behind it. He cannot be mocked. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. And here's when Paul gives us this principle. A man reaps what he sows. He reaps what he sows. And then in the next verse he says, Whatever or whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. See, in the chapter before, Paul was talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And Paul, in his ministry, got to see destruction happen when people around him reaped things of the flesh, things of the world. When they were trying to fill voids in their life with material things. A lot of us have seen that, where it's, you know what, ah, I want, I want to reap what the world celebrates. I want to reap success. I want to reap a title. And they fall short. It leaves them with an emptiness, a void, because that leads to destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit 
to put Christ in the center of their life, the Spirit will reap eternal life. For some of us, there's going to be days with our lists and lists of responsibilities where it's going to be easier and quicker to pull to the things of the world and say, you know what, Uh, you know what, it's really going to be hard for me to tell the truth in this situation. I could really just tell a lie to get myself out of this sticky situation, this situation where I've been irresponsible. But is that what you want to reap? What is that going to do to your relationship with that person when you aren't truthful to them? What happens when you are pouring into the wrong areas of your life and you're spending more time at work than when you're spending time with your kids or your spouse? What are you going to reap in those situations? See, when we confront the fact that whatever we're going to pour into it is what we're going to sow, we start thinking about our, our actions differently, our words, and the weight of each of our responsibilities. Some of you might remember um, in 2007, there was a bridge in Minnesota, the I-35 bridge. And there was multiple reports um, of structural deficiency with that bridge. But yet, they didn't fix it. And what happened? The bridge collapsed. The bridge fell, and there were moms, dads that lost their lives, individuals injured. Because they were trying to reap safety, but they weren't sowing safety. They were trying to reap a different result when clearly what they were sowing to the project or the engineering reports was not safety. And the bridge fell. How many times in our lives have we tried sowing the wrong things and the bridges have fallen? We've tried sowing in financial responsibility, but We've gotten off the beaten path, and it was just easier to take on more debt or, uh, I don't need to do that, pay that bill, and the bridge fell. Or in our relationships with our spouses. Uh, they're okay. We don't need to spend time together. No, we don't need to make time for a date night or go to counseling or spend quality time together, and the bridge fell. How many times has it been easier to say, oh, kids, I can spend time with you next week. Oh, I'll make that next soccer game. Uh, Sorry, I can't show up this week. Hopefully next week I can be there. And the bridge fell. You can't reap what you haven't sown. For some of us, We try to walk uh, a better life. We try to change the things we've done in our past. And we kind of get stuck in the same ruts, making the same mistakes over and over. And what we're missing in this is putting Christ at the center. We want to show the fruits of the Spirit. We want to be kind, have gentleness and joy and love and peace. But what are we sowing into that? 
Are we trying to expect a result without putting in the work? Maybe some of us have Christ at the center of our lives, but we're reaping things, but then we're not giving credit where credit is due. And we're trying to take the the responsibility of saying, yep, it was all me, when in fact, it was God who was able to make that harvest flourish. And we're not sowing the right things where we're reaping. And when we are reaping, we aren't acknowledging the one who made that possible. For some of you, you're sitting here and you're like, ah, this seems really unfair sometimes. Or this really equation hasn't worked out in my life. Uh, I've sowed successfully the right things into the right areas, and I'm not reaping the right benefits or what the benefits are that I think I should be reaping. Some of you may be sitting here saying, you know, I know that person. They've, they've sown all the wrong things in their lives. But they seem to reap okay benefits. Like their life didn't turn out that bad. But I'm going to challenge you with this. Is you don't always know what's on the other side. Maybe the internal struggles or battles those individuals have been wrestling with. Maybe you don't know the full story. Maybe they didn't have a peace that passes all understanding inside of them. Maybe they felt a greater emptiness, but they were just able to hide it. And maybe what we think is what we're going to reap is not necessarily what the world looks at as what we're going to reap. Maybe what God says we're going to reap isn't necessarily what the world says we're going to reap. I think a lot of times we think reap as like prosperity and financial success or wealth. But what if some of what we're sowing, we may actually never see what the harvest of that will be in our lifetime? Maybe what we're sowing is our investment in our eternal life or the investment into generations that come behind us. What would it look like to trust that, you know what, I'm gonna do the right thing even though, and I'm gonna sow the right things in the right areas even though I may not see the full harvest of that. I'm gonna trust that I have a heavenly father that's gonna be beside me, that's going to be walking me through those moments when it's gonna be really hard to sow all the right things, say the right things, do the right things, even when others aren't doing those things. And I'm gonna trust that he's gonna bring fruit out of that harvest. Yeah, I'm gonna be responsible for nurturing those seeds that I'm planting, for watering those seeds that I'm planting. But ultimately, I have to put the reaping of what I've sown in his hands. And that's what I hope that we continue to do, um, not individually, but as a community. As we branch out in the next weeks and we partner with um, the church in Cedar Rapids, as we branch out and we do more outreach events, as we partner with the orphanage in Haiti, as we partner with local food pantries and homeless shelters, We're not going to always see everything that we have sown and see the full harvest of that. But does that mean that we stop doing those things? 
or we continue to do those because that's what God has called us to do. For some of us, we need to take that list of all our responsibilities. And as we go through that list, like I said, if you highlighted those couple areas where you're like, ah, I'm not sure that I have really stepped up to the plate lately. I, I really haven't been sowing the right things in these areas. What would it look like for the next few weeks if you set a reminder on your phone? You open your phone just like you get reminders with Facebook or TikTok, and you set a reminder if you've picked two areas in your life where you said, you know what, I need to sow something different into this. I'm having it. I'm showing up only half of the time. I'm not, I'm not really there for my spouse, for my kids. Financially, I'm just not where I want to be. What if you set a reminder in your phone to invest in those two areas? Maybe there's an area in your life where you feel like you're on the wrong path and it's like, you know what, I, I just, I'm struggling with this. What if you step back and you set a reminder and said, you know what, I'm going to put this first and foremost And I'm going to invest the right time into this area because I want to see a different harvest than what I'm seeing. And you laid that at Jesus' feet and you said, you know what, I need help with this. I can't do this alone. I've been trying to reap a harvest in this area and I just keep falling in the wrong path. I must not be planting the right seeds. I need to lay this at your feet and I want you to be in charge of the harvest. I want to put you first. I want to invest in that relationship with you. Join a small group. Start opening your, your Bible, praying, investing in the relationship with your Heavenly Father to say, I want to start sowing something different so that I can reap something different, so I can see a different end result in these two areas of my life. The next verse, kind of as um, Paul's getting close to closing out his letter, he says this. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us not become weary in doing good. For some of you, you're like, "Ah, I feel like I've just been working really, really hard been really focused, but it's like this uphill battle to try to change this area of my life. I put in a lot of sweat, there's a lot of pain, maybe even some tears, some relational turmoil, financial turmoil, and I feel like I'm working hard. But as Paul was writing to the churches there, it's just as prevalent as us reading this today of, let us not become weary. The harvest doesn't have to seem so far away. The time that you're putting in now matters. What you're sowing into your relationships today matters. What you're sowing into your relationship with your heavenly father today matters. What you're sowing into your kids' lives today, that matters. Don't grow weary. Don't stop doing good because you're the only one doing good or you're the only one being the light in the darkness. He says, I wanna encourage you. 
continue on. Again, we may not see that full harvest, or maybe sometimes that harvest is gonna look different than what we expected because we tried to put the results of how we, got, how we wanted God to perform in a certain area, or we put expectations of, hey, I, if I do this, God, you gotta do this. But if you laid all those expectations to the side and you say, you know what? I'm gonna trust the harvest is in your hands. I'm gonna do the right things, but any fruit that comes from this is because of you. And I wanna be transformed so I can live a life and getting to live the fruits of the spirit, being filled with joy and peace and kindness, faithfulness. And that my relationships with others become better, richer, more meaningful. The people around me are better because I'm there and in their lives and I have accountability with them and I can be accountable to them. And I get to live a life of meaning and purpose in my responsibilities. Yeah, there are gonna be days that are hard, but even in the days that are hard, I can just say, thank you, God, that I have the opportunity to sow today. It may not be much, but it's something. And I get another day, I get another opportunity to sow. I get responsibilities that some people would dream to have. And I get to make the most of them. What would it look like if we could be that? We could be that person who wakes up every day and in all areas of our life and all of our responsibilities, we could say, what can I sow today? What is God calling me to sow today? Whose life can I impact? Who can I pour into? So I can serve humbly others in love. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to plant seeds, to sow a harvest. Thank you for this day that we get to sow a harvest, not just in our own lives, but in others' lives, in all areas of our lives. Thank you for the gift of responsibility, the gift of sowing. Thank you that we get to have ownership in areas as parents, as moms and dads, as brothers, as sisters, as students, as coworkers, as servants of you. Thank you for showing up even in those moments of irresponsibility where we've fallen short or we didn't quite take ownership in that full area. We might've halved it or we said, ah, I can get to that later. Thank you for the ultimate sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Taking the responsibility for each of our irresponsibilities. I pray as we approach the next weeks, the next months, as we look at all of the different responsibilities on our plate, that we can look 
in at least a couple areas and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not reaping the harvest that I was hoping in these areas. Help us as we look to what actions we can change so that we are sowing differently into those areas. That we're investing more time, that we're being honest with ourselves where we have fallen short. I pray that in the next weeks, as we look at those areas that we have fallen short, that you can hold us accountable to trust you, to lay it at your feet and say, you know what, I can't do this alone. I'm gonna need your help in this area. Put people around us to be supporters, encouragers, so that we don't get weary of doing good and doing the right thing. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you loved us so much. That you loved us so much that you want us to sow the right things. And we wanna give you credit as we're sowing for everything that we, we reap and that comes through us sowing, that we give you credit that you are the one that is the reason that we have the harvest that we have in each of these moments. In your name we pray, amen.